Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Enter the Nerd Zone. This is Jay. Hey, it's Pete. Hey, alrighty. So we're talking wrestling. Time. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's about time we talk some wrestling. That's right. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love when we talk wrestling, Jay. You know why? Uh, because we just totally go off script. Yeah, and uh, you know why else? Uh, why else? Because people listen to us every once in a while when we do wrestling. <laughs> Ooh, a lot of wrestling fans out there. All right, no problem. There are some wrestling fans out there. So why don't you tell us what we're doing, uh, what we're talking about? Well, we're going to talk about uh, some of the top moments in wrestling history. And, I mean, I don't know, Pete. When I did my list, I mean, I kind of did some personal top moments. I mean, some people might not consider these the greatest moments ever, but... I, th- I thought they were pretty memorable. Uh, how about, like, your list? Yeah, me too. You know what? And if anybody doesn't like it, call us on Anchor. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, I got two words for you. <laughs> that too. Believe it or not. Yes, that, that too as well. Yes. All right. So why don't we uh, – so obviously there are some big ones. But let's talk about – what you talk first. And then we'll – if we miss any, then we'll talk about the ones that we're both wrong about. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think there's some real obvious ones out there, and we can kind of save those for the end. Okay, so sounds good. Okay, so it's about that time that we make uh, our Back to the Future reference. So <laughs> let's jump in the DeLorean. Let's set the time circuits for September 22nd, 1997. So this was uh, this was a Monday night. This was a uh, Monday Nitro, uh, and I remember watching this one live and. Uh, Hugh Morris, who was a wrestler I really liked, uh, you know, he was known as Hugh Morris, the laughing man, humorous. generally yeah, yeah, yeah. what uh, humorous, humorous. Yes. Uh, when he was in the misfits in action, he was general huge erection, which just cracked me up. Um, he was coming into the ring to face some guy that nobody had ever heard of. Uh, the commentators had no idea, no background on him. Uh, when the match started, they were kind of talking about some other stuff. Uh, you might have heard of this guy, Bill Goldberg. Goldberg. Gold. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was the debut of Bill Goldberg. And um, when this match started, I was kind of like, I don't think this Goldberg guy is is a jobber. Um, because uh, Hugh Morris pretty much put him in his uh, finisher, which was called No Laughing Matter, which was like, uh, I guess it was like a reverse moonsault. And if you don't know Hugh Morris, Hugh Morris was like 320 pounds. He was a big guy. And he did this off the top rope where he basically was facing away from the wrestler and basically did a backflip onto him. Uh, he kicked out of it. Then when Hugh Morris hit him with like... Um, he hit him like with an elbow or something like a like a spring back elbow. Goldberg popped right up, pounded him, hit him with the jackhammer, pinned him. Everybody was shocked. Um, he's walking out, and the commentators who were like Larry Zbysko and and Tony Schiavone, they're like yelling to Mean Gene, like interview this guy, interview this guy. And Mean Gene is like, you know, you know Goldberg, uh, you know, tell us about yourself. And Goldberg turns, says nothing. And walks away. And this was the debut of Bill Goldberg. Nice. So you are you a big Goldberg fan? I I became a Goldberg fan that night. I was like, I couldn't. And it was great because it kind of came at a time when Nitro was getting a little stale. 
I was sort of like, oh my god, this is something like, you know, who is this guy? Obviously, like you could tell right off the bat, this was like WCW's attempt to at their Stone Cold. I mean, shaved head, uh, the goatee, um, just sort of that mean demeanor. You know, like I said, Mean Gene was interviewing him, and he just says nothing and walks away. Uh, I became a huge Goldberg fan that night, and yeah, I was I was a big fan of his actually. I thought he was I thought he was great. Yeah, so I I had to say, um, and I was watching, and as a matter of fact, I was at Kane when uh, this happened, and um, I don't know if uh, John was there or not, but I know that our in our dorm in our room. We would watch Nitro because we couldn't watch USA. Uh, they didn't have it, mm-hmm. so we watched Monday Nitro. And I remember this this uh, that night. And I'm thinking, uh, I wonder if this guy's just. I really thought like I thought I'm like, oh great, they're making another Stone Cold, you know, f- to compete with the WWE or F or whatever it was at that time. So right. was, I mean, it was impressive, but I was like, hmm. I don't know what that meant, but it turns out, like you said, it's like the the beginning of this great streak. I mean, what do you have like a hundred matches in a row or some of that that he was that he was undefeated? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it was like a hundred and something matches. And one of the things that I thought was cool further down the line when Hugh Morris went on, he formed the the Misfits in Action. He became you know General Hugh Direction, and he won the U.S. title. Uh, the night after he won the title, uh, he was on Monday Nitro and he was coming out there in the ring and all the guys in the back, like all the faces in the back came out to like applaud him and Goldberg grabbed the mic and said, he goes, Hey man, Goldberg streak had to start somewhere. Thanks. You know, kind of like thanking Hugh Morris for kicking off his career. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, after a while go Goldberg was able to speak a little bit. I mean, he wasn't as good as. Some of these other guys, but I mean, like I said, it took me some time to warm up to the guy as a, as a wrestler. But it's you know, he wasn't as flashy as these other guys. Um, so yeah, I can I, I get that though. I get you uh, picking picking that one as one of your favorite moments. Yeah, because I mean, like I said, you know, he he went on to maybe not become an overnight success, but he became like a pretty big player in in professional wrestling and. It all started uh, that night. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know if I remember correctly, he he won uh, like a hundred matches in a row, and I believe the hundredth match, something like this, um, he uh, he took on Hogan for the title, Hollywood Hogan, and that and I think that's where he beat him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was actually and like 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 a lot of people said they didn't understand why WCW did this. It was on a Monday Nitro. Which, on the one hand, was great because we got to see it for free, but people were like, that's a pay-per-view match. Like, why are you just passing it off for free on Monday Nitro? Which, I mean, I don't know. WCW wasn't exactly at this time. They weren't exactly uh, masterminds of promotion and and saving their company. So, who knows? Not at all, no. But, yeah, you're right. That was, it was Monday Nitro, June 6, 1998. I looked it up. I'm not that smart, so I had to use the computer, the machine, <laughs> use the machine and tell me uh, uh, where everything was. So, all right. So my first one, actually Goldberg's was my first choice. No, it wasn't really. Uh, <laughs> actually, my first 
one of the ones that I really do like was the retirement, the first time of Ric Flair at WrestleMania uh, 24, the Shawn Michaels match. And we've talked about this before. Um, you know, that was a pretty good match. Yeah, it was. And I can now scratch a moment off of my list because I definitely had that on my list. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like it's a memorable moment um, because, you know, for so many reasons, because, I mean, Ric Flair, living legend, um, you know, Shawn Michaels was, you know, a legendary wrestler himself. Uh, you know, we really thought <laughs> at the time this was it for Flair. And I mean, we, we mentioned this uh, I think when we were talking about WrestleManias and we were just, I mean, th- I mean, this is something that just comes up constantly when we talk about wrestling. The finish to this match was just unforgettable. Yeah, very emotional. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels, who is, I mean, Ric Flair is one of Shawn Michaels' heroes. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't want to do it, but he knows that he kind of has to, I guess. Um, I mm-hmm. don't know if there was some friction in the back with, with Ric Flair and, Vince McMahon, and that's why he was kind of like shutting it down. But it looked like Shawn Michaels didn't want to like win this match. Yeah, you definitely got that impression. I mean, when he's setting up, you know, his sweet chin music, I mean, he's really hesitating, you know, and then he mouths the I'm sorry. And, you know, some, you know, you could, you could on the one hand say, well, that's kind of part of the script, you know, like it's, like you said, this was his hero. You know, you don't you don't want to like knock out your hero to feature your hero, but you know it was the retirement match; it had to be done. But I think it was a little bit scripted. But I think Shawn Michaels, it was very bittersweet for him. Uh, you know, the next night on Raw, they they throw him the huge you know retirement party, and then three weeks later or something, he's like on TNA, like it never happened, and it was like he's Come actually, on. he's on TNA, and he's he destroys the footage of that WrestleMania apparently on. On the actual show of TNA. So, I mean, it was great. And then they ruined it. You know, Rick Flair. And I think this is more Rick Flair's fault than anything else. Going to this other place and kind of just tarnishing what becomes like a joke of his career the next year, two years. Yeah. And what's crazy is, you know, when you really think about this moment, he originally was not a WWF wrestler. I mean, he was NWA WCW for a big part of his career you know if you really think about it Vince McMahon really didn't have to do that for him have that retirement match and the big party and everything and then it's like you know yeah Flair acts like it was you know like yeah I I didn't deserve that and you know just rips it to shreds and it's like what what are you doing yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and I uh, going back to Shawn Michaels for a second he is in a lot of memorable matches at WrestleMania. I don't know, oh, I don't know if there's oh, any on your list yeah. that might be there, but um, if this is a, a, lay, a setup for you, then great. Otherwise, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were there were some that I were considering. I mean, I was really looking at a lot of, and, and it was when I was kind of looking back at some great moments. I mean, a few of his WrestleMania matches popped up, but like I said, I was kind of going for for stuff that like I saw like live, you know, like as it happened and really, really stuck out with me. So, all right. So what was your next one that stuck out on you? Okay. And again, this one's not like a big, big, huge memorable moment, but it was something I really loved. And this, this goes back. And when we first, when you and I first started talking about wrestling, we agreed that back in the day, 
This is back in the day, <laughs> Saturday nights, 605 Eastern, Superstation TBS, like that old world championship wrestling show in the little studio, 30 people in the stands, you know, the, 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 the ring like barely fits in there. Like that was some of the greatest things to watch. Yes, it was. So this was, and this goes back, and I had to look up the date because I wasn't quite sure. This goes back to like May of 86. So a little bit of background. So uh, the, the original Midnight Express of uh, Loverboy Dennis and Beautiful Bobby, they had recently beat the Rock and Roll Express for the, for the tag team titles. Cornette is just ecstatic. He's trash-talking everybody. And a few weeks prior... Dusty Rhodes is giving an interview, him and Baby Doll, and Dusty Rhodes is out there, the big 10-gallon hat, and Cornette comes out and just rips into him, and he delivers one of my favorite Cornette insults ever. He goes to Dusty Rhodes, he goes, hey, nice hat, did it come with a free bowl of soup? Uh, you know, Dusty grabs him, the the Midnight Express come out, they, they triple-team him, Baby Doll gets involved, Cornette actually hit her with the tennis racket, so there, there's a whole... You know, this is the whole big setup. So cut to like two, three weeks later, we're in that tiny little studio. Cornette's bringing out the Midnight Express. Oh, they're the greatest tag team ever and blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's just, oh, and we got some tune-up match today against the James Boys or the James Gang or whatever, you know. And as soon as he said that, you know, I'm thinking, oh, boy, something's going on here. Well, two masked wrestlers come out dressed as desperados. It is so clear who it is. Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. <laughs> what I loved about this was the second they come out, and this was great because, again, it was in the little studio, so you saw everything. Cornette is flipping out. He's screaming, and you he's not even near a microphone, and you can hear him. And he actually comes over, and he's screaming at Tony Schiavone. He's like, he's like call the match off. It's obvious who that is, and Tony Giovanni's like, well, they're two mass wrestlers. I have no idea who they are. And again, <laughs> king of the one-liners, he goes, even Ray Charles knows who that is. That's that's Dusty and Magnum, and it, and it was, you know, and we knew it was, and they pretty much mopped up the floor with them. One of the other things I like, because I, I went back and watched this match, halfway through the match, I think it was like Magnum gets like Dennis Condry in an arm bar, and Dennis Condry looks at Jim Cornette and goes, do you know who this is? And he goes, I know who that is. And it just cracked me up. It was just the debut of the James gang, just sticking it to Jim Cornette. And I think I really loved it because it drove Jim Cornette crazy, which led to some great mic work by him. I mean, he, he's he was one of the masters of the mic, but this one really brought out some great Cornette-like mic work. <laughs> yes. You know, he's always been the... Like we talked about that on one of our other podcasts about great managers, right? And I think we both agree yep. that he was number one. Is that correct? I mean, I, I kind of put him like him and Bobby Heenan up there, like one A, one B. He's yeah. he's one of my all time favorites. Yeah, it's funny you talk about the mask thing and uh, how like it, you know it's Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA. Uh, do you remember the remember when Andre the Giant gets suspended and he comes back with the machines as the giant machine? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that? I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so cheesy. But again, a, a moment where you're like, as a kid, you're thinking, is that really Andre? <laughs> <laughs> you're so stupid. Uh, you know, it's dumbass kids. Uh, so, yeah, so that's actually a very good moment. And there's a theme going on here, Jay. You're picking mm -hmm. moments that you think are 
that are not think that are your like most memorable. I'm just picking ones that I think are memorable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, this this was something like I I watched it, you know, because I I mean the show was like taped obviously, but like the first run of it when it first happened, I saw it. And it just stuck with me all these years, you know, like it was just it was a great moment. Um, you know, I was really getting away from the WWF at that time. It was too outlandish and cartoony. And I just I just love this moment because Jim Cornette was the guy that I loved to hate. And just like, you know, he's coming out there shooting his mouth off. How great. I mean, they had just beaten the Rock and Roll Express, which ticked me off i mean that was my favorite tag team and i was like god somebody's got to stick it to these guys and dusty and magnum did and like i said it was great because everybody knew who it was but tony shivani and he's like laughing as he says it he's like i don't know who that is they're two ass gentlemen ha 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 <laughs> like it was just like everybody was sticking it to cornet and I, I just i loved it yeah tony shivani is like a real jerk i heard he he is and just like I, I remember and I and again I mean this wasn't one of my memorable moments but I remember when um you know the late great gorilla monsoon when he had passed away Bobby Heenan was working at WCW and he was demanding that they announce it on the air and you know apparently the word was that Tony Schiavone didn't want to and he was refusing to and Bobby Heenan was like he was starting to quit cuz that was his best friend in the entire world and, um, you know, Tony Schiavone finally was like, you know, again, this is all off camera, finally said, fine, you can make the announcement about it. You know, Bobby Heenan did. And then he kind of like gave like a one off line to like, to, like you could tell that there was a lot of friction between those two. And yeah, and I had heard that, you know, behind the scenes, he was he was, he was a huge jerk. Yeah. Well, you know, they, it's, uh, it's a shame. But yeah. I heard he was. All right, so one of my favorite moments, um, mm -hmm. actually a, a very – oops, sorry, I hit the wrong button. No. No problem. Do you, hear that? you don't hear that noise in the background, do you? Um, sorry. No. <laughs> sorry, folks, we're just <laughs> technical difficulty. All right, so one of my favorite moments has to do with Ric Flair again, theme going okay. on. Theme going on. Mm -hmm. uh, not on Nitro, September 14th, 1998, Ric Flair reunites the Four Horsemen. Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, this was great. He comes out, and the new the new four horsemen ultimately was Arnie Anderson, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Steve Mongo McMichaels, and who was the and who was the last guy? That would be. Oh, it was not Dean Malenko. It was Christopher Benoit. Yeah, exactly. So he comes out, and I guess he's been gone for a while. He left. For the WWE for in 1995 or something like that, kind of when Hogan yeah. came over because him and Hogan didn't really like each other. I believe um, they might have respected each other, but you know they're always fighting who was the most popular. Because when you think wrestling, who do you think of? You think either Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan, I would say, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, so he leaves. Uh, he comes back now with the Four Horsemen, right in the heart of uh, the NWO stuff as well. Mm, yeah, and we've talked about this again too. We talked about this in one of our first podcasts, uh, Great Stables, right? And oh yeah. So the Four Horsemen is one of my favorite stables of all time, and I just found the return of Ric Flair, who at this point in time still he's an older guy, but he's still on the mic, 
the best that there is, the best there was, the best there always will be. Sorry, Bret Hart. Uh, so, you know, this this moment here, the crowd's going crazy. You hear the music from Ric Flair, and all of a sudden now, here's the new Four Horsemen. Yeah, and the thing is, is it wasn't really, you know, and we when we talked about great stables, I mean, this wasn't one of their better lineups. I mean, Steve Mongo McMichael was a joke. Chris Benoit was a great wrestler, you know, but the guy ain't putting two words together. I mean, it, but it came at a time when he came back, which was a big thing, and it was sort of like billed as like, he and the four horsemen were going to rid the, the WCW with the NWO. So, you know, it, it got a lot of heat and, and it was, it was definitely a memorable moment. Cause it's like, finally, you know, we could fight back against the NWO. <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, you know, I guess I, I, I liked Benoit. I actually liked the, the other, the, the, the next initial four horsemen group was, uh, Flair, Benoit, Malenko, and I'm missing the person who the other person was. Was it Arn Anderson again? Or was it, or is that when Kurt Henning joined him? Oh, that could be Kurt Henning. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's a Motley crew right there. But again, this Four Horsemen group, not the best, but definitely um, because of the time frame, made it very moment, uh, memorable. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, like you said, his return to WCW and sort of seen as like he's going to save WCW from the NWO. So, yeah, it was maybe not the best Four Horsemen lineup, but it was it, it just came at a great time, you know. Right. All right. So what do you got? What's next? All right. And this was one I saw this pay-per-view and it was a pretty good pay-per-view and I was really kind of waiting for the main event. So this goes back to 1998, the King of the Ring. Uh, I couldn't even tell you who won the King of the Ring because the match of the night was Mankind versus The Undertaker in the Hell in the Cell. Oh, yeah, I remember this. This was Hell in the Cell, if you don't know, is a huge cage goes around the ring. I mean, it's like a 25-foot high steel cage with a roof. Um, They battled inside the ring, outside the ring. They battled on top of the cage. At one point, Undertaker threw Mankind from the top of the cage into the announcer's table. Oh, my God. I, when I saw that, I was just like, I, 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 I was just stunned. I, was, I had never seen anything like that. Mick Foley gets up and he continues the match. Um, then there was the spot where the Undertaker was going to do his choke slam on top of the cage. Uh, and nobody knew this was not scripted. It gave way, and Mick Foley fell all the way through to the ring, knocked out cold, and Jim Ross was screaming, you know, my God, he's dead. You know, like, because they had no, because it wasn't planned. They didn't know that the cage was going to give way. Uh, I mean, first of all, you have two big guys on top of it bouncing around for, for many, many minutes. I mean, come on. But what I remember was just he was out. I mean, he was out cold. The paramedics came down. Um, you know, he, he later said in one of his, you know, many books that he wrote, you know, his wife and kids were ringside. They were flipping because they thought they thought, oh, my God, is he dead? You know, because he was not moving like they, they really even Undertaker came down and he was freaking out, like thinking, oh, my God, I killed Mick Foley. He gets up and they finished the match. Yeah. I mean, this 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 was just it was nuts. It was insane. 
I never seen anything like it. And I don't think I'll ever see anything like it ever again. All right. So the, the exact line from Jim Ross was good Go God almighty. Good God almighty. They killed him as God is my witness. He, he is broken in half. Uh, again, fat guys saw Mr. Uh, Mick Foley at steel city con and mm-hmm. the guy could barely walk. Barely walk. Gosh, gosh, I wonder why. <laughs> I mean, he looked, I mean, he, he's probably a little bit older than us, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. But he looked like he was, like, he walked like an old man. But the guy still wanted to wrestle. But he did say, when, you know, in the question and answer, this was one of his favorite matches of all time. Yeah, w- w- which is nuts because it's like, I think he, 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 I don't know, he dislocated parts of his body. I didn't know you could even dislocate. Um, he knocked, I think that he said like he knocked two, two or three of his teeth out. One of them, because when he finally kind of woke up and moved, I remember watching going, is there a tooth in his mustache? He knocked his tooth out so hard. It went out his nostril. How the heck does that happen? Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's, that's, you know, I mean, the things that these guys do for their, you know, for their, their sport, the bot, the stuff that they go through, and when people say, "Oh yeah, wrestling's not real," <laughs> go talk to them because that poop is real. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the outcomes are scripted, but you know, you can't tell me that stuff like this is fake because, first of all, I mean, Jim Ross screamed that because he had no idea he was. He probably really like 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 he said, "Good God, all as God is my witness, this guy's dead." That's right, know? exactly because. I, I could almost imagine when he went through the cage, because when he went through the cage, I know I said, and I have to like edit it. I said, "Holy effing s! <laughs> what just happened?" Yes. And then by the reaction of of everybody in the pay per view, they had the same reaction, like, "Oh crap! What just happened?" <laughs> yes, you can't curse on the show, unlike your daughter's show. We could <laughs> have to curse. You can't no, curse notice yet. that, did you? <laughs> It, I told you over time and time again, my favorite word starts with F. So it's <laughs> French fries. Um, <laughs> there it goes. There's the rails. It's off. Um, We're gone. <laughs> all right. So one of my, this is my favorite moment of all time. Okay. Okay. And I say okay. that very honestly. Okay. Uh, this is a moment that I've waited for. My entire entire wrestling career, wrestling mm-hmm. career, my entire watching of wrestling <laughs> career. Yeah, I had like a three minute wrestling uh, career in the backyard with my uh, uncles. They beat my butt. Um, so, July seventh, nineteen ninety six. Any clue? Okay. July seventh, nineteen ninety six. No, okay. no. Go ahead. So, this man is probably the most popular person in all these sports. The goodest of good guys, the greatest of per- wrestlers, Hulk Hogan turns bad, turns oh, heel. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the formation of the NWO, which is my favorite, probably neck and neck with uh, DX, uh, um, stable uh, not stables, kind of like you know, bad guys. They're not like they're stables, but they're definitely uh, you know these three guys in the formation. The way Hogan turned turned on his best friend, Macho Man Randy Savage, and, and how the whole process worked. I don't know if you saw the event li- uh, live or not. 
No, I mean, I saw it because uh, I think we had talked about this a while back. I was pretty much ready to give up on wrestling in general. And I remember this whole bash at the beach and who's the mystery partner. And I remember thinking I couldn't care less. And when somebody told me about it, I watched it, you know, a week later on, you know, somebody made a VHS copy. And I was just I was stunned silent that he did this. Explain VHS to our her younger view, listeners. Um, yeah, so I watched it. I watched it live, and you know, and that whole week beforehand, you know, my buddies and I were watching, you know, watch wrestling together, and I said, "It's going to be Hogan. It's going to be their mystery partner." And, and I'm sure, and I'm sure they told you you were crazy. Yeah, and they said you're nuts. Hogan would never do that. Hogan doesn't want to ruin his reputation. Whatever. Blah 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 blah. So. When the, when the outsiders come out by themselves, and now it's, uh, you know, it's those two versus Luger, Macho Man, and Sting, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, and then Sting gets, no, Luger gets hurt, and he, he got, he, like, they take him out of the ring. And, um, and about two minutes later, Hogan comes out, you see him, he's pointing and, and doing the whole thing that he does when he comes out, I'm a real American, and then when he, right. dro- when he drops the leg drop, on which is the worst finisher of all time, uh, <laughs> yes. we've established that uh, and drops it on Randy Macho Man Savage. That's the greatest <laughs> finisher of all time. And then he, you know he goes down and they 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 uh, fake three you know the three count and his the the fans at that event just throwing things because they were so disappointed in Hulk Hogan made it the, the best moment of all time. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, you know, this was a moment that got a lot of, you know, like heat, you know, like, like you said, Pete, I mean, they were throwing trash into the ring. I mean, they were booing because, again, like if if I if I had been hanging out with you at that time and you said, oh, the mystery partners, Hogan, Hogan's going to turn. I would have said the same thing. You're nuts. You know, he's got this, you know, all American good boy reputation. He's never going to ruin that. And yeah. he did. And oh boy. And that's when I really started liking Hogan again because I was like, he actually made a good villain. Yeah, I thought so. I think he, I think, like you said, wrestling was kind of getting stale. I think they needed to do something about it. And I think one of the things that Bischoff, who was running it at the time, right, said, mm-hmm. you know what? Hulk, turn bad. And you want to make people watch again? Every week after that, you know, people are watching Nitro saying, What's going to happen next? And I'm pretty positive the guys at WWE or F at the time were like, oh, poop, what's going on? You know, because I'm not sure many people knew what what the whole the whole storyline was. Yeah. And I, I mean, and that's the thing is, I think that that was like a huge shift in the Monday Night Wars. This is when WCW was really starts mopping the floor with them. Um, you know, at that time, you know, I wasn't. I was like watching wrestling. It got me back into wrestling. I had never bought wrestling merchandise before. I had three NWO shirts, you know, and it was it was all because of this this big heel turn of, of Hogan's. Yeah, no, you're right, and that again, that this was the 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 beginning of my 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 college career at Kane. I didn't go to Kane right away, but uh, mm-hmm. we watched this as a group, and it was like. Holy crap! What is going on? And I was like, I "Told you, <laughs> told you it was going to happen." And yeah. uh, again, I think this uh, turns wrestling back to where 
you know, I think that this is the beginning, I think, of the, like the, the real beginning of the Attitude area, era, that whole Monday Night Wars. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, one one thing that I had on my list, and this one definitely, you know, the, the formation of the NWO and Hogan turning is probably one of the most memorable, um, you know, times in wrestling. But talking about the formation of the Attitude Era, one of the things I had on my list was uh 1997 wrestlemania 13 um a lot of people would say that a year earlier at the 96 king of the ring when when don't call steve austin when he won the um mm, sorry when he won the uh king of the ring and he kind of started you know the austin 316 a lot of people say like oh that was the wwe started the attitude era i think it was at wrestlemania a year later when he wrestled Bret Hart in the I quit match where these two guys were beating the snot out of each other. Um, Austin was bleeding. Uh, Bret Hart locked him in the sharpshooter, which, you know, we just, when we discussed finishers, we said, you know, this one, this one is like legitimately painful. Um, refuses, refuses to quit, refuses to say I quit, refuses to submit he passes out. He passes out from the pain, and, you know, Bret Hart's declared the winner. Um, this is when a lot of people, you know, they were kind of following Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was when he became, like, for me, this is when he became, like, the rattlesnake. This is when he really became that big anti-hero because, you know, refuses to quit, um, passes out, loses the match. They, you know, he, he revives himself. He gets up paramedics come in he's pushing him he doesn't want anybody helping him he's gonna walk back to the locker room by himself and this was sort of like you know nwo had been formed well here's the wwe's answer with well here comes our answer stone cold steve austin right no yeah you're right and i think at this point in time right here is where the wrestling fans have changed where the you started rooting for the bad guy, the heel. You know, there was no... It, it was the beginning of the blurring of the lines of who's a heel and who's not. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of like... I think we had called them this before. They were like... They were almost like anti-heroes, yeah. you know. He... You know, because later on, Austin goes on to take on Mr. McMahon, who was like the big corporate villain. But at the same time, it's like, well, can you really call... You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, is he really like your classic face wrestler, like a, a goody two-shoes, follows-the-rules kind of guy? No, absolutely not, but you loved him anyway. Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. uh, in regards to, like, Bret Hart, Bret Hart was a bad – he was a heel back in the early 80s with Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Oh, absolutely, uh, okay, yeah. Okay, right? So – and then he turns – for some reason, he's he turns into a good guy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. As Jimmy Anvil Nightheart, you know, you, you kind of believe him as like a bag, as a heel. He turns good. Okay, now you really, you buy into it. And then he turns heel again. Didn't you think it was forced? Didn't it feel forced with him? With uh, with Bret Hart? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, and, and kind of like in this match, like Steve Austin kind of became sort of that, you know, anti-good guy or you know the good guy with that hard edge and Bret Hart had become like a bad guy but he really wasn't you know it wasn't like he did anything 
He didn't cheat in this match. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just he went up against Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was becoming insanely popular. So it was almost like by default he became the bad guy. And, yeah, it's like when he was in the Hart Foundation, and I think it's because he was partnered with Jim the Anvil Neidhart, yeah, he's the bad guy. When he was out on his own, he, he couldn't really pull it off. He's, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. So – all right, so we did we talk? I think we've talked to one of our podcasts, top five wrestlers, right? Uh, oh, I'm sure we did. Yeah. So we could agree that Hogan and Flair are probably one and two. Uh, yeah, I mean, and personally for me, I'd put Flair number one. Okay. Yeah. So, so there is an argument for both e- either way. Sure. Okay. Sure. So we'd say Stone Cold's three, and this is not necessarily a sort, but would you say three, four, five is Bret Hart? Uh, Stone Cold and The Rock? I would probably say, and it's no disrespect to The Rock, I would probably throw Shawn Michaels in there. Just because Shawn Michaels had that long career, um, he kind of seemed to, like, as as wrestling changed, he changed with it. I mean, he he's almost in that living legend status like a Ric Flair. And it's, you know, I mean, I think Rock is definitely one of the greats. But I think... The thing is, is he's such a huge movie star now. A lot of times I tend to forget like, oh, yeah, he was that phenomenal wrestler who used to deliver those awesome, you know, promos on the mic. You know, he likes pie. (laughs) He sure did. Uh, So, I mean, do you think so? There's so many wrestlers, obviously, like anybody. And we could put this a poll on uh, on Instagram, guys, uh, Mm -hmm. your top five wrestlers. And I'm not trying to get off the subject, but this is another. We're gonna have to have this conversation again, I think, at some point in time. Because oh yeah, I mean, like Macho Man. Do you think? And I'll go back to this in a second. But do you think Triple H is a top ten wrestler? No, I really don't. Okay. I I I never really liked. The only time I really liked him was when he kind of took over DX, and it was him. And I know you hate this guy, but you know X Pac oh, uh, and X-Pac. the New Age Outlaws. X Pac. Yeah, we'll take him out of there for a second. But when he was kind of running that group, you know, I I I liked him. But I kind of liked him for the funny promos that they did. I mean, after really after that, I never really thought that much of him. And, you know, again, from what I hear, because he's, he's practically going to take over the WWE one day, he, he calls the shots. This is why he's won the world title a hundred times yeah. yeah because it's like he he gives it to himself every time and i'm like nah, i just i just don't see the appeal i mean like if i was going to make like a top 25 list yeah he's going to be on there but he, he doesn't even crack my top 10 all right you know i that's a speaking of like great moments i think one of the great moments is when um the match where Shawn michaels at wrestlemania loses the title and then he kind of leaves and then that next that next day triple h reforms dx with two puke and um, <laughs> and the New Age Outlaws, who I, I love the New Age Outlaws, and thank God, oh, I love New thank Age God Outlaws. for the New Age, New Age Outlaws because uh, uh, Triple H was good at, like yelling and screaming, X puke was useless, and uh, <laughs> but the other two guys knew how to to do the mic. Now I thought, and I always liked DX even with those guys, but I always thought Shawn Michaels was the best of the of those five guys leading that group. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was funny. He was very charismatic. Uh, I mean, he's he's great wrestler. Like I said, he's he's really 
you know, if you were if we were going to make like a top five living legends, you know, he's he's in my top five. Absolutely. All right. All right. So I got some top tens for you if you want to hear some. Unless you got another uh, one that you want to talk about. Nope. Go for it. Okay. So from our friends from Bleacher Report. Ooh. Yeah, I've changed it because I don't like New what list. I don't like what the other guys are doing. Um, uh, I, yeah, after I, I just got to say, after that, you know, Stallone, top 10 Stallone films, and there's not one Rocky movie on there or Demolition Man, <laughs> Ranker's gone. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give you the top 10, and whatever I'm missing, we could talk, you could give me a couple of you, like, where are they at? All right? Yeah. All right, okay. So, number 10, The Birth of WrestleMania, which I thought should be lower on the list. I thought this is kind of like where wrestling becomes main mainstream. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, without that first WrestleMania, who knows where wrestling in general would have ended up. So yeah. So the next nine better be pretty good. (laughs) The next one is the return of great undertaker at WrestleMania 13. I don't know. I guess that's because he was like, he was like the badass, and then he was something else. Yeah. 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 I I don't see that making the top 10. Everybody loves Undertaker. I do love The Undertaker. I just don't think that's probably one of the the better moments for him. No, I mean, it was kind of good. I mean, I did kind of like that American badass persona. But after a while, I was kind of like, I miss the old Undertaker. And it was great that he came back. But this is not like a top 10 greatest moment ever. Nah. All right, number eight. And I think this is a bad moment, too. I don't think this should be on the list, but... Or a different version. Uh, the arrival of Rocky Maivia at WrestleMania 96. Now, this is when he's got the hair, and he's wearing that... He's wearing, like, the rocker uniform. Um, oh, right, know. right. I think there's other rock moments that are definitely better than this. I, You know, he was kind of like... I When I first saw this, I'm thinking, this guy's not going to last. I thought he was like, Coco, beware. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a really good comparison. I mean, he was goofy. I mean, he was smiling all the time and audgy and whatever. And you couldn't take the guy seriously. But it was when he started to morph into The Rock. I mean, that's when I guess they threw it on there because it was sort of like, you know, hey, he had to get started somewhere. But yeah, I think when he starts the Nation of Domination or he joins the Nation of Domination, that's kind of like his that's where he's born. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, the birth of if you smell what the rock is cooking and, and all that and the people's eyebrow or, you know, all that. That's where it started right there. Nation of Domination. Well, the best thing that came out of Nation of Domination is the Godfather. The whole train. <laughs> oh, train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you? I don't know. You don't watch WrestleMania anymore. But uh, a couple of years ago, um, uh-huh. the the Godfather comes back and I forgot who's who he's talking to. And he's like. He, uh, he's in the back, he's in the, uh, you know, the locker room, or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's with this woman who's dressed, you know, interestingly, and, he's, sure. and the guy's like, wow, you got some hoes with you, and he's like, nah, man, that's my wife. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's great. Uh, that's a that's a memorable moment. Um, number six, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. No, oh, I mean, anytime those guys tangled, yeah, absolutely a classic match. Was yeah. that the match... That's the controversy, right? Is that the... No, that's not the Montreal screw job. No. Okay. No. I get my WrestleMania's. All right, number five, one of mm-hmm. yours, Hell in the Cell with Mankind, no. which <laughs> I, that's a fantastic match. That's, that's a, a top, crazy match. That's probably a top three. You, if you haven't seen that match, guys, YouTube it because it is insane. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny. 
We haven't talked a lot about like some of the, like the NWA stuff, but I can tell you one that I really remember is the Tower, mm-hmm. the Tower of Doom. That was a great oh ride. yeah, look that up that, too, folks. <laughs> that was insane as well. Yeah, number number four, the formation of the new world, new world order. Really, that that's kind of low down. I thought that would be like a number one or a number mm-hmm. two. Wow. The number three is the retirement of Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania 26 for the 12th time he retired. Oh, the Ric Flair's retirement. Yeah, this is the man. No, 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 no. This is the one. Uh, this is the one where he retires. He fights. That's that fight against Undertaker that went oh, like an hour. Right. Great match. Right. Really great match. And this is where he's he retires. Again. The, again. The birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which um, is the king of the ring. Yeah, which was, I mean, yeah, I mean that definitely got people's attention because that's that's when he coined Austin three sixteen, which was like his phrase forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Number one is mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant. Oh, okay. I mean, that's definitely a memorable moment. But I mean, compare that to him turning heel. I mean, him turning heel is is a number one moment. You know. Uh, that's uh. all right. So my Ric Flair reunites with the 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 Four Horsemen's number sixteen. Uh, okay. What el- what other ones did we talk about? Uh, I mean, I you know I oh the retirement uh, the retirement of Ric Flair was number twenty five. What? Yeah, you want to hear what's well, number- Go ahead. Well, I'm going to say probably because of the stunt he pulled. You know, a month later kind of saying, hey, I'm not retired now, and let me take a big poop on what the WWE did for me. Well, so here's, here's number 24. Yeah. The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez. What? That was a that was a horrible match. Why is that even on there? <laughs> I'm starting to get very aggravated with these people that do lists. I mean... I think we're just going to do our own list, because whoever these list people are, they are... How do you do? I'm sorry. Going back to last week, how do you do <laughs> top ten Stallone films and there's not one Rocky film on there? Come on. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think of some other memorable ones. That uh, okay. So this thing, I think this one's a good, but it's at number twenty two. Paul mm. Bearer turns on the Undertaker. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's a crazy moment, but it's like I don't know. People kind of turn on each other. Like, is it really? <laughs> I mean, memorable moments are like, you know, Mick Foley going through the top of a cage or, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, forming the NWO. It's like one guy turning on another. Like, well, I right. see that every day in my wife's soap operas when I'm watching. <laughs> Quite honestly, uh, Goldberg beating Hogan is number 21. So that's that's okay. kind of where Goldberg shows up. Um, yeah. So those are really the memorable ones there. I mean, they got like number 20, and I don't know how the hell this gets in front of Ric Flair, is Johnny Morrison doing the Spider-Man. He's like, I, I don't even know what the heck that is. He's walking <laughs> on the ropes and then does some flip in the air. I don't know. I thought this one was a good one. Uh, the ladder match between um, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. That was Ooh, great, That's when he that wins was... his first match, right? Is that his first title? Yeah. I think so, and that was that was definitely a, that had to be a WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania um, ten. Oh, okay, WrestleMania ten. I mean, that was, and I think the, the match was like an hour long. Yeah. Um, you know, ladder matches are crazy, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was just an again, 
Hit the YouTube. Look that mm-hmm. one up because that's a crazy match. Did I tell you the? Oh yeah, I did say the marriage of um, Randy, uh, Randy, and, and Miss Elizabeth. That's, I mean, that's def. I mean, that's number seven. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I mean, that's you know, people were waiting for that. I mean, the sad thing was is I think at the time they had a in in real life. They had been married and they were actually kind of on their way to divorce, which was, you know, when I found that out years later, I was actually really sad about that. But that was definitely a memorable moment, you know, because she saved him. You know, she saved him and, you know, he's you know, I love her and that was great. (laughs) It's a shame what happened to her. It Uh, it really is. Lex Luger, who used to be one of my favorite wrestlers, is a piece of piece of poo. Um, so anyway, so that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of our tops. I mean, we can, we could talk all day, obviously, but wrestling, we could talk for hours. Uh, hours. I do want to mention a couple things really fast. One, please do rest in peace. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, uh, Nikolai Volkov, who died at 70 years old yet the day before. Yeah. I heard about that? that. I heard about that. Uh, uh I saw Ric Flair, uh, did a lot of posting on Instagram about that. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Jerry the King Lawler, whose son, uh, yeah. Grandmaster he, uh, Sexy, is that right? He, yeah, he was Grandmaster Sexy, yeah. He killed himself. He was in prison, I believe. Yeah, he, he had, you know, and, and, and I know, uh, you know, between the brothers in armchairs, we were discussing this on uh, texting back and forth, and, you know, that came up. And I, I just remember he, he had, you know, Early on, he had a lot of issues. They released him for substance abuse problems, and it's just, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was obviously it was an issue he just couldn't shake. You know, it's it's terrible, and you know that that was like a fun tag team. Um, they were, I think, they were called what Too Cool. It was, uh, yeah. it was great. He was Grandmaster Sexy, and the other guy, Scotty Too Hottie. And they were a lot of fun. I mean, they weren't going to win anything, but they were just a lot of fun to watch. And it was, it was really sad to hear that. Yeah. Then eventually they had Rakishi join them. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then one more who passed away yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, the great Brickhouse Brown. Oh, I did not hear that, but I, I remember him. I remember when he debuted on, um, on in the WWE and. Yeah, that's just, you know, all the good ones are going. It's it's, it's really a shame. Yeah, I mean, he, he went by the, the Black Prince, Brickhouse Brown, MC Slammer, and the Breakdancer. I mean, I mean, do we have stereotypes there or what? This is, mm. But it was the time. So, unfortunately, <laughs> was, yeah. but he did pass away at 57. So, wrestling is, uh, you know, and that's the thing about wrestling. You know, a lot of, they've lost a lot of wrestlers in very sad, fat, fashions you know absolutely some great wrestlers yeah. passed away when they shouldn't have passed away so anyway yeah. um you know god bless them and rest in peace and uh rest in peace guys rest in pieces but uh as they say life must go on and so shall enter the nerd zone <laughs> yes we shall <laughs> uh, all so guys don't forget you can always find us right here on anchor we got that call in feature so call in Tell us about your most memorable moments. It seems we got a lot of wrestling fans, so let's hear from you. Yes, tell uh, us, tell us now. <laughs> tell us. <laughs> uh, you can find us on iTunes, where we would love it if you rate and review us. Five stars. 
If you rate and review us, I will read it on the air. I will read it on the air as Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. That's a threat. I mean, a promise. We are not um, shameful. We will do shout-outs. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you can find us everywhere else. Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker Breaker. Anywhere there's a podcast, you will find us. Uh, Instagram, at Enter the Nerd Zone. I will throw up some poll questions about memorable moments post pictures of some memorable moments uh pete i know you got a shout out for a a really great place people could eat yep so you can find me as well also on at s o'keefe 37 if you want to see some of the other stuff i do um as well as at fat guys um yes and so make sure if you're in the anaheim area you're checking out the lag bar uh great gaming uh gaming and alcohol if you want that type of stuff or water for my case uh so make sure you check that place out especially after you got on the long day at disneyland you need a beer there it is uh and then you can do all your Fortnite and whatever else these guys do now these kids do it nowadays um, yeah and then make sure you're checking out stuff you don't need to know and that's jay and his daughter and a whole bunch of other fun stuff going on there especially like a lot of comic stuff right a lot of mostly comic stuff, and it's mostly Diana talking comics and me just asking her questions. Yes, dear. Yes, my dear. God, does she know <laughs> comics? I mean, she's eighteen, but her comic knowledge is it's cosmic. Yeah, you know, I tried that. <laughs> she she had she did post on um on Instagram, um, like you know, asking her questions and stuff. And I, every time I try to do it, my phone is crazy. I can't get things sometimes. So ask her for me. Sure. Okay. Okay. Best villain, girl, female villain. My picks are either Harley Quinn or or um, or Catwoman. Best Bat- right, I'll, Batman. I'll, Batman one. Sorry, Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll definitely ask her. Female, no problem. Or uh, it could be anything, but I mean, her choice. Would, would she rather Harley Quinn or Catwoman? All right, I will ask her. Ask her that, and then I also want to know who her favorite villain is from 1966 Batman. <laughs> she's watching it now. She's uh, she's been watching a lot of Batman stuff. So good. Yeah, I'll ask definitely. What else you got? Uh hey, if you are in Central New Jersey, check out one of our favorite comic shops. It's in Milltown, New Jersey. It's Main Street Comics. Uh, they are small, but they are mighty. They have a huge selection. Uh, a lot of back issues, a lot of Golden Age, Silver Age stuff, a lot of trade paperbacks. And if you collect Funko Pops, they have shelves and shelves of them. Head on down, check them out. You can find them on Instagram at Main Street Comics. I hear that's where your paycheck goes besides the mortgage. Yeah, pretty much. And now it's going to go to college. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So now you got triple threat there. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's a lot of stuff, Jay. It is. So make sure you guys check us out in all those areas. Listen to Mm -hmm. us for the future. We're going to be talking... Some more Harry Potter. We're almost at the end of that. By as almost a there. We're in almost the, there. The last book, two movies. Um, yep. I, I actually just watched those two movies uh, the last few days. Um, cool. We're probably gonna be talking some more actors and actresses and greatest top tens and fives and fours, whatever we can come up with. So yep. make, sh- make sure you check it all out. Oh yeah, one more thing. Make sure you check out Defender of the Realm. That's another podcast by Jay. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'll be on there soon. We might talk uh, Dungeons and Dragons or something. Yeah, absolutely. Our geekiness coming out even all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So, Jay, 
Yes, sir. Same bad time. And same bad channel. Batman from the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. That'd be awesome. Hulk Hogan dressed as Batman. <laughs> Peace out, brother. Later. <laughs>